Ladies and gentlemen, to those among you who are easily frightened, we suggest you turn away now. To those of you who think they can take it, we say, welcome to the madhouse. And welcome to this week's haunted madhouse. There will not be food, there most certainly will be drinks and ghosts, perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. My name is surprisingly still Joey, and joining me as always is the 1984 All Valley Karate Champion, guitarist for Headstone Horrors, and rumoured toy boy of Anne Widdicombe. <laughs> one of those things is true, I'll let you decide which one. It's Jimmy Faulkner. Alright, boy. I'm alright, how are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, it was a nice intro, I liked it. Yeah. Have you uh, uh, have you been Googling my name? I have, yeah. Uh, I think for one of them I may have accidentally typed in Ralph Maggio instead of Jimmy Fortner, but That's they're easy. so close. Yeah, it's easy. Uh, today's your film. Yeah. You're one of your favourite films, or your favourite film. It's what, Yeah, it's one of my favourite films, yeah. I enjoy it, I've watched it quite a lot, so hopefully... I'm not going to ruin it by talking rubbish about it, but we'll see. Well, we almost certainly are, but I think that's the point of the show. So <laughs> Yeah. It's becoming the point of the show. Uh, why don't you like, lay it on, everyone? Tell All right. It is. Okay, so we're going to take you back to a time where men were smartly dressed, cigarette smoking, brandy drinking, pencil tash wearing, Hell yeah. chauvinists. Yeah. And all the women were hysterical. Of course, it's <laughs> 1959. Were... Classically trained in screaming. <laughs> it's 1959. It's House on Haunted Hill. The William Castle classic. An amazing film. Yeah, it's a good film. It's Not great. that I want to spoil the review bit for later. but No, it's good. Yeah, it's an amazing film. So it's, it's the oldest film that we've done so far, isn't it? Yeah, and it's around that period of horror films I absolutely love. I like modern horror films a lot, but the, that era where Hammer Horror and everything was around as well. Yeah, I think this was the start of uh, Vincent Price kicking off all of his horror films when he was big in the 60s, and then it just carried on. All of Vincent Price's velvety-voiced horror period. Yeah, beautiful, suave, sophisticated. Look at my tash, it's great. Ugh, slick back hair. Great time. <laughs> you've, got, you've got a bit of a thing for Vincent Price. Of course. Legend. <laughs> Absolute legend. Uh, well, I'm not going to argue. Yeah, well. Are we, uh, you wanting to jump straight into the plot slot, or are you whacking something there right now to uh, surprise me? I have got to know. I don't think I've got anything to surprise you this time, no. I think we'll get on with it. All right, let's go. You, you want to start? It's your favourite film, so I'm going to chuck stuff at you. Yeah, okay. All right. So, eccentric millionaire, Frederick Lauren, played by the legend that is Vincent Price. He invites five people over to his house because he's having a party for his fourth wife, bit of a player. Annabelle, played by the stunning Carol Omar. And uh, he's throwing that party in an allegedly haunted house, which he's rented. He's giving them ten grand to uh, stay the night in there, which... Is equal to $83,000. So really tempting. Yeah, very tempting. Now I want to turn that down. 
Oh, it's uh, it's out either. Because it's uh, clearly bullshit, yeah. but yeah. The guests who arrive at the party are test pilot Lance Schroeder. No bad. by Richard Long. Yeah. You're not a fan of him then? Not really, he's a bit oh. poncy. Yeah. Okay, newspaper columnist <laughs> Ruth Bridges, played by Julie Mitchum. Psychiatrist Dr. David Trent. Alan Marshall, who happens to specialise in hysteria. Yeah. Nora Manning, Manning played by Carolyn Craig, who turned out to be a, a good subject in the study of hysteria. Yeah. Uh, and she works for Lorraine. And the house's owner, Watson Pritchard. Shall I say that again? Yeah. Watson Pritchard, played by the awesome Alicia Cook. Yeah. Clearly a drinker in this. Yeah, that's how you say it. Yeah, clearly a drinker in this. You've got to be. He's a bit... Bit crackers. You know what we have forgotten to do? Which is? Set timer. Oh. Hang on, just bear with me. How long would you say we've been going? Two minutes. Right, so I'll do a eight minute timer. Man, we are so scientific on this podcast. It's unbelievable. There you go, seven minutes. Yeah, okay, so that's that's the, the party. They're all strangers. They all desperately want some money. And the Lorenz have not the best relationship going. Bit touch and go. Uh, she's tried to kill him, poison him once. Yeah. Just to get rich. Uh, in fact, he actually says at one point, if I gave a million to you, would you leave? And she says, no, I want it all. Yeah. Remember the fun when you... When... <laughs> no, do it. Do it. Go for it. <laughs> uh, remember the fun we had when you poisoned me. That was the line. Yeah. Yeah. Pritchard believes the house is actually haunted by the ghosts of people who have been murdered before, including his own brother. Yeah. And he gives a tour of the house, including uh, a well-placed vat of acid in the basement. Of course, you'd still have that. Uh, actually, yeah, because yeah, he, he he owns the house, doesn't he, Watson? He does, yeah. He gets off on the fact that when it's haunted. He would. He should have got rid of that. He should have cemented that up straight away. Yeah. Crackers. And no, yeah, well, yeah. It is definitely a health hazard. The vat of acid that was used by a previous resident to kill his wife. Yeah, Lance and Nori. Nora. Yeah. <laughs> they stay behind to explore the basement a little bit more. Lance gets locked in an empty room and struck on the head. While, how do you pronounce her name? Nora. Nora, sorry. <laughs> tired. She's Nora. got a twin sister called Nori. They ha- she hangs out with Rod Zombie quite a lot. <laughs> She's then confronted by a menacing figure she takes for a ghost. That is a terrifying thing when it pops up in the doorway. And yeah, it, it is. sinks back in again. It's well done. Yeah, very well done. Uh, Annabelle privately warns Lance that her husband is scheming something and that she suspects him of murdering his second and third wives. And then when everyone gathers downstairs, the guests are told the rules of the party. Yeah, and he cracks out those little coffin boxes with a couple of with a few pistols in. I've had that a few parties myself. Just favours. Just a Glock. Yeah, Yeah, a couple of... Yeah, a few pistols. Uh, Having encountered further apparitions, Nora decides against staying the night. But the caretakers lock the door five minutes early, taking that option out of the guest's hands. Chances just want to get home early, don't they? Clocking off early. I I think no one's going to notice, but, you know, the one night it's timed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hearing a scream, Lance and Dr. Trent find Annabelle's corpse suspended to suggest that she hung herself, but the absence of a perch arouses suspicions of murder. Yeah, if she can't get herself up there, she didn't do it herself. Makes sense. Yeah. 
To survive the night, Lance and Dr. Trent proposed that everyone stay in their own rooms and sh shoot anyone else who enters. Thus, the innocents will have no reason to leave their room and the killer must stay put or admit his guilt. Bit gung-ho, I think. Shooting anyone who walks in. I know, yeah. That's what I be. don't like, Dr. Trent. He's a bit of a cock. You just like Vincent Price and yeah, his wife. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and his wife. <laughs> I have the feeling that you have the same physical attraction to both of them. <laughs> Let's not knock it. <laughs> Nora is chased from her room into the basement by Annabelle's ghost. Aroused by the ghostly sounds, Trent concludes that the killer is about and proposes he and Lorenz split up to search the house. Lance uncovers a secret room at the end of the second floor hall, but once he enters, the door shuts behind him, trapping him again. So Trent instead meets with Annabelle, who faked her death using a hanging harness and sedatives. Good twist. Yep. Secret lovers, the two of them, have orchestrated various mishaps in order to manipulate Nora into killing Lauren. Nora sees Frederick enter the basement with a gun in his hand. Shoots him. Shoots him. Uh, and after she fleed, Trent slips in to dispose of Lauren's body in a vat of acid. The cellar goes dark. There is a choking sound, a splash, and a sound of dissolving in the acid. So we think there, we think Fred's at it. We think he's, he's done for, isn't it? Yeah. We, we don't see what happens. You just hear it going on. Yeah, so Annabelle walks to a to the dimly lit basement to confirm her husband's dead, but all the doors mysteriously swing shut, and a skeleton slowly rises from the acid, accusing her in Frederick's voice and pursues her. She backs away from it to the edge of the acid vat. It reaches out its bony hand and pushes her off balance. She falls into the vat. Lauren, or Frederick, I don't know if it's Lauren or Lauren, but Frederick Lauren. emerges from the shadows holding the puppeteer control unit that is used to manipulate the skeleton. The dim light concealed the wires and revealing that he had known their plot the whole damn time. Whoa. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. After Nora, Pritchard, and Miss Bridges release Lance from the secret room, Nora tells them that she shot Frederick. When they arrive in the cellar, Frederick explains that he had loaded her gun with blanks, that his wife and Trent plotted to kill him, and that they both met their end in the vat of the acid. He's going to claim self-defence, even though he's responsible for their deaths. He's not going to be convicted. Uh, probably not. No, he's got, also very rich. Yeah, he's got two, yeah, he's got a lot of money. He can pay off the guards and yeah. police and whatever. He's probably got them in their pocket. Yeah? His pocket. Well, he's got away with murdering f three wives already. We... We suspect it's two and three. I think. I think we say allegedly murder three wives. I don't yeah. want Vincent Price to come back and sue me. So Watson Watson Pritchard turns up again, convinced that the house is haunted still, and now with Trent and Annabelle. Pritchard remains convinced the house is haunted, with Trent and Annabelle now added to its ranks of ghosts, and that he will be the next victim. Yeah, and then doesn't he threaten the uh, the uh, viewer as well? And then it'll be you. Yes. And uh, that is the whole damn film. My alarm hasn't gone off, which means we've done it in under 10 minutes and we are the best in the world. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> awesome. 
What happens now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's time for Frights and Delights. The ghosts are moving tonight, restless, hungry. May I introduce myself? I'm Watson Pritchard. In just a moment, I'll show you the only really haunted house in the world. Since it was built a century ago, seven people, including my brother, have been murdered in it. Since then, I've owned the house. I only spent one night there, and when they found me in the morning, I was almost dead. Frights and delights. Do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> do you believe in ghosts? Nah, not really. I don't think I do either. I mean, there's a couple of haunted boozers I read about. We frequented before. Oh, we go straight in? Yeah, straight in. Straight in. Could... I'm going to sit back. Have, have a, a little drink. sit back. Have a, have a drink. Have a can. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Have a fag. Have a brandy. I'm going to have a brandy and try and Shave. grow a pencil, pencil moustache yeah. while you tell this story. Well, it's only going to be a quick one. Ye old salutation in. Ooh, Not I know that place. Yeah, we've had a few beers in there. That is apparently haunted by a landlord, a former landlord, who uh, hung himself there. Unsurprisingly, pub game's tough, isn't it? Now, pubs are closing down. Oh, yeah. Well, well when did it happen? Uh, 1800s, I think. Yeah, <laughs> well, like breweries that. were all cracking down on it then, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. And ye old trip to Jerusalem, just across the road from that. Another banging pub. Yeah, built into the castle. There's, uh, I think it's a boat hanging off the ceiling in the cave room that uh, I think it was f- probably like four or five people have went to clean it and then they mysteriously ended up dead. So nobody cleans it anymore. Shit. I don't know if it's true. Sounds like a load of old bollocks to me. <laughs> <laughs> Haunted boozers. There is a street in Southwell. Yeah. If you walk down it, in less than 200 years, you die. <laughs> Shit, innit? Yeah, bollocks to that. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> right, go on. Frights and delights. Right, okay. Well, my first delight. Have you heard of a merjo? I have, yes. I think it's called a merjo. Um, uh, uh, I think it's... Uh... Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. I'm calling it that anyway. Yeah. Director Castle came up with a successful gimmick gimmick of having a skeleton swing out over moviegoers during the skeleton scene of the film. Some theatres, however, removed this after the word spread about what was happening and some kids used to go to the <laughs> cinema to chuck shit at this skeleton. So a few carried on, a few stopped it. Apparently, some of the gear is still around and still used every so often for special screenings. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen this in the cinema back then with that. It is a, it's a good idea. And if there's ever a special screening knocking around our area, we'll go. Yeah, he's done that on quite a lot of his films, hasn't he? Uh, another Vincent Price one, The Tingler. Yep, same year. Same year, yeah. That was filmed in Precepto. Where? That was that's what he called it, like uh, Emergo. There was Percepto, oh, where okay. they. Put... <laughs> I thought you meant a place. It was no, not a place. a place called Percepto. Where because it's a creature that attaches itself to a spinal cord, human spinal cord. Yeah. And uh, it can only be destroyed by screaming. And they put uh, under random cinema seats. They put uh, vibrating motors. Oh, I bet that was awesome. Yeah, and then he did Thirteen Ghosts which was filmed in Illusiono. 
each patron of the cinema received a handheld ghost viewer and during little bits of the film the person could see the ghost by looking through different uh, it was like a 3d thing you flip the image you flip the you flip it yeah, and then yeah, you yeah. can like see a little like slide through that yeah oh uh, no i didn't see that he's done a couple yeah he's got he's he's very good at all <sighs> very good at stuff. naming them yeah illusiono illusiono yeah he's very good at that all right well yeah cool Nice, nice going, William Castle with the uh, innovation. Yeah, very good. I had another delight, obviously, because one would just be silly. Uh, William Castle met with Vincent Price after Price had just missed out on a part for a film, and he told him his idea for House on Haunted Hill. Price decided he wanted to be part of it, and that's how he got the part for the film. And also that the part for the they, Tingler as well. Yeah, I was just going to say yeah. that they worked off of that. They worked on two films together that were released the same year. This film and, as you've mentioned, the tingler with the vibrating seats, which I, I want one of those. <laughs> what have you got? What have I got? Yeah. I think still to this day, de- well, still to this day, sounds like I'm very old, but I wasn't here originally when it was done. But the scene where the old woman is gliding <laughs> through yeah. the cupboard past Nora, I think that's terrifying. Still yeah. to this day, I think that is a very scary, very scary scene. I'm guessing you watched this film first time quite young. No, not really. I'd say, I don't know. I'd say about sixteen. I only, I only say that because I know it's your favourite film, and you've been into horror for a from a very young age. But yeah, I thought it is freaky as hell. Yeah, very, very, very scary. I think that holds up against a lot of the modern stuff today. I only asked if you saw it when you were young. If it was one of those things that stuck with you. You know, I watched The Dark Crystal. Scares me. Because I watched it young. What it part scared of that scares you? The, 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 the terrible thing. puppets or yeah. the terrible puppet acting? Everything about that is just... I mean, I love it. Yeah. But Jesus Christ. <laughs> I got a fright. Go on. Alan Marshall, who played Dr. David Trent, yeah, uh, died just two years after the movie's release. Crikey. And he was young. 52 years old. That's why it's a fright if he'd been 90. Yeah. And he died on stage of heart failure. Christ, what was he doing? Uh, I can't remember. All right. Someone Google it and let us know what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. It, I did read what it was. Uh, It wasn't anything huge. Uh, oh, no. What was it called? Uh, Sextlets. Something about a woman with a lot of husbands. Okay. Or a lot of boyfriends. Something yeah. like that. And, and I checked him out on the old uh, internet. Yeah. And he was in a hell of a lot of shit, which I'm not going to name because it was a hell of a lot. And I don't mean shit as in bad stuff, just a hell of a lot of films. He was never the lead role, but the second guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in a hell of a lot of films. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's a bit of a fright because it's a bit shit. <laughs> you want me to go with one? <laughs> yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. I was having a moment. Right. Uh, this is actually my... No, I've got two more. Uh, i got... One delight and one delight slash fright. Which Ooh. one do you want? Uh, delight. Right, this film was successful. Yes. But that's not the delight on its own. Oh, okay. This delight was so successful. Did you just burp then? I don't think so, did I? Yeah, oh, it sounded like you burped. Oh, it might be me. Uh, yeah, also might have been me. Excuse us, listeners. <laughs> one of us burped. <laughs> Please email us to let us know which one it was. <laughs> uh, anyway... <laughs> This film raked in one and a half million dollars on a two hundred thousand dollar budget. 
so successful it inspired a man called Alfred Hitchcock okay. to make his own horror film called Psycho that was released in 1960. Nice. Some of you may have heard of that film. Yes, fair play. So uh, that's pretty good... Uh, that's pretty good going to it's inspire right. someone to go off and make Psycho. It's probably it's better going to make Psycho, I suppose, in terms of uh, financial success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you got you got anything else going? Uh, no, I haven't because I, I my notes are all, all over the place. <laughs> well, I'll I'll carry on with my delight yeah, fright, and then you can have a look for whatever if you want to. Yeah, on your notes. Well, the last source I could find for this was in 2017, okay? So I don't know how much this is true. Okay. Or how true this is. William Castle's daughter, Terry Castle, is making a remake slash prequel to this. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that, yeah. Featuring Frederick Lauren and a previous wife. So back in 2017, she had this to say. I just finished a House on Haunted Hill script myself. I'm just about to go out with it. As it turns out, I have a House on Haunted Hill in my blood. So let the best man, excuse me, woman, win. I have some of Dad's original notes for a prequel, and I'm running with them. If you remember, Annabelle Lauren, Lauren, whatever, was not Frederick's first wife. My film will be produced under the William Castle Productions banner. Oh, that's good. But that, so that was two years ago, and I couldn't find anything else. I I tried. Well, hopefully it's out there and it's in the works. Let's hope we'll it's find out. Yeah, ongoing because that would uh, that'd be beautiful. Yeah, it'd be good. I got a little delight. It might be well. It might be a delight for some, probably not for others. I <laughs> one of my favourite lines in it from our Lord and Saviour Vincent Price. Where he goes, it's close to midnight. Yes. And then uh, that's the first line of the Michael Jackson song, Thriller. Are they connected? Yes, because that Vincent Price does the speech yeah, halfway yeah, through yeah. the song, doesn't he? Yeah. But it's like, it's close to midnight. Yeah, which I always mix up with something else. But oh. yeah. There you go. I like that. No, that is awesome. It's close to midnight, something evil's lurking it's in the dark. It's close to midnight, something evil's lurking <laughs> in the dark. Anyway, probably can't do Michael Jackson songs anymore, can you? <sighs> no. But then again, he wasn't supposed to be doing what he's doing. Well, so. let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, what's the next bit? <laughs> Master of the Macabre. Yep. Let's move on swiftly from Michael Jackson. To the master of the macabre. (laughs) Master of the macabre. Welcome to the master of the macabre, the section where we give our fake award, fake medal to the best performance of the film. Uh, Which, obviously, this week is House on Haunted Hill. Who have you got, Jimmy? Well, I'm going to tell you straight up now that... Every film that we watch that has this man <laughs> in it, he is yeah. going to get a coveted award for Master of the Macabre. And it's course... Our much sought after award. Oh, yeah. They're all they're howling at the doors for it, scraping, trying to get in. Trying to get in so they can have it in their trophy cabinet. It's obviously got to be the legend, all hail 
Alicia Cook. Oh, yeah, Vincent Price. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, of course it's Vincent Price. (laughs) Obviously, it's got to be. Got to be. Absolute legend. Yeah, I said that to Sammy yesterday. There's no way we're doing a Vincent Price film. We're not having Vincent Price. He's literally the reason it's called Master of the Macabre. Yes, Master of the Macabre, yeah. So, uh, but are we going to go, at least go honourable mentions? Yeah, go on. My first honourable mention is Carolyn Craig. Okay, yeah. She played Nora. Yeah. For the time period and the restrictions she's under as a woman acting in a horror film, her portrayal of a person slipping into hysteria and madness. She was a bit too hysterical for my liking. Uh, when it got there, when she got there, yes. The the journey there was great. She she got there slowly, losing the grip on reality. It was gradual to start with. And she must have needed strepsils for a good week or two, or lemon and brandy, whatever they had in 59. Oh, yeah. She's got that Because she down. screamed so much. Yeah. I think she was probably out of action for a good while after filming this, and that's commitment. Oh, yeah. Like I say, it was over the top. It was also 1959, and the director has a hand in telling her to be over the top. I think she did a good job. I think she did a good job, yeah. Crack him. Do you have any other one woman? Yeah, Alicia Cook. I think he did a great job. There's Watson Pritchard. He's yep. got a couple of cracking lines. Vince comes up to him. He says, uh, you really believe in your pet ghost, don't you? Before the night's through, so will you. So I, I... <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I was like half hiccuping, choking on like I think he's, he's good all the, he's good throughout the whole film, just creating that sort of sense of uh this house is actually haunted. Yeah, uh, he had the... It's not a game. The Out of character development, he was the best. 100% committed to his character. Every line he said, he got bang on. It was spot yeah. on all through the film. He's the most quotable character. He gave Headstone Horrors a lot of sample material, so we've got to give him some praise Absolutely, for that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Four men have been murdered in his house. Two women. Is that the line? Have I got the right numbers? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Something like yeah. that, but it's a cracking line. And then someone says, oh, you chose your guest list well. Four men, two women. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's just the... Uh, I can imagine him that he's method acting this, and when they're not shooting, he's still like, I hear dinner is tuna sandwiches. <laughs> I'm going to have one, and you're going to have one too. <laughs> this is what you used on my brother... Cut him to pieces. <laughs> Irish now. No, he's a pirate. Yeah, now. sorry, that was piratey. Sorry, yeah, I got Gary. Don't know what happened there. It was nice. I liked it. Anyway, yeah. let's Are get you back to the full quote uh, of the Headstone Horrors uh, first album. What's it called? It's called Tales from the Murder House, and Where it's available, it available? <laughs> at all good uh, online retailers and Rough Trade Records in Nottingham. <laughs> nice plug. So let's get to Vincent Price. This man has got a list of horror films yeah. that is just ridiculously long. I'm just going to name a few. Yeah, yeah, go, go, go. So for it. obviously we got this. We got the Tingler. We got Pit and Pendulum. The Raven. The Fly. Return of the Fly. Witchfinder General. Uh, the Abominable Doctor Fibes. Doctor Fibes rises again. Edward Scissorhands, one of his last ones. I mean, the shock, the bat, 
Mental. And obviously he was in... Uh, I'm going to have to go and change my pants after hearing the list. <laughs> yeah, and he, he was in the uh, the Batman TV series as well. Like, I haven't even got the list in Legend. front of me, but it was ridiculous. Oh, oh, and he was obviously in the Madhouse as well. Yeah. Madhouse. That was, uh, that was actually a film. The name was used for a fantastic podcast, wasn't it? It was, yes. And <laughs> also the title track. It's of called... this podcast, uh, welcome, uh, no, to the Madhouse, inspired by that film. So he's got his fingers in a lot of pies. Yeah, he's helped a us out a lot. Owe Vincent Price a lot. I also, Four I got careers. Yeah, owe to Vincent Price. Yeah, paving the way through horror. I got bought his uh, gourmet cookbook as well that he did with his wife. I didn't know he had one. But yeah, it's it's thick. I've not cooked anything from it yet, but it's on the shelf. It's there. It's a good read. I'm not cooked anything <laughs> from it yet. It's a bit dated. Do you read it in your head in his voice? Yeah, of course you do. Awesome. Like, you have to. Like, I don't think anyone can do his voice. No. No. I mean, I'm I'm usually up for doing an, an impression, but none from this film. I did shave a pencil tash in once, though. And it looked fucking amazing. Yeah, I can see that suiting you, especially with your flat cap. Yeah, it did. It looked great. No, I had, I had my hair all up. Kind of slick back like Vincent's, but I wasn't in a suit. Nice. Anyway, legend. Vincent, this uh, imaginary medal is going to your estate. Yep. Rest in peace, boy. Yep. Well done, Vincent Price. <laughs> next up, we are running into... What's next, Jimmy? It's the ah. Madhouse Rating System. System. And we're off there now. Let's go! It's the Madhouse Rating System. First up, we got Tension and Suspense. Yep, Tension and Suspense. I've the first thing I noticed was the soundtrack, which starts off right at the beginning with a black screen screaming and better music coming on, and then obviously the that would have been yeah that would have been terrifying in a theater. Yeah, in black, uh, black out cinema, black cinema, 1959. Losing their shit. That just starts playing before the film even starts. What? I would have loved to have been there. Yeah. The score, which I won't go into too much, be, uh, into too much because actual musical score sound effects is an actual section on here. But uh, for me, throughout the film, musical score is something that really added to the tension suspense and helped build it. Yeah, I think like we're going in it, we're going at it, if we're going at it. That's a, that's Are we? That's a different I film. We usually wait till we're finished. Yeah, no, Christ, that's a different film. <laughs> Somebody drinker here. Christ. So straight from the back, you go, right, Frederick's organised this party for some, somehow he's going to, he's going to top his wife at this party. Yeah. And then there's a little switch when it's his wife. Yes. And Dr. Trent are going to kill Frederick. Yeah. When it turns out Annabelle's alive. Yeah. That's that's building up a bit, but then there's that whole M Night Shyamalan twist again when it's actually Frederick. Then he turns it round and he kills the wife and the lover. Yeah, I knew what they were doing. Two twists in this film. Great. M Night Shyamalan Woody Shyamalan Woody Shyamalan. M Night Shyamalan Lam. Yeah, should be jealous. Yeah, but yeah, the Annabelle turn out to be alive and they're plotting. It happens quite close to the end as well. Two qu- twists quite close yeah, quick. together. Yeah. 
Yeah. Up until that point, you're thinking, is this house haunted? Yeah, exactly. Then no, it's actually not. It's just a, a stupid little uh, skeleton on rope. <laughs> yeah, and we'll get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Lighting. Lighting in this film, great for setting up certain moments of tension rather than the tension building throughout the film. Oil lamps flickering and blowing out. The fact the film's black and white is utilised really well with the shadows. You said earlier about uh, the caretaker lady gliding past. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. W- But when they first see her and she comes out of that shadow first name back yeah, in, back in yeah. all that is is the light is putting her in shadow. It's black and white. And with that contrast, you can you can use it really well, which they have done, to make people just come out of nowhere. Even when, uh, is oh, what's his name, the guy you don't like, the test pilot. Anyway, he comes out. Lance. Uh, sorry, I don't even mean him. I mean Dr. Trent. Dr. Trent. He comes out after thinking that Frederick's dead. He just pops out of a little crevice in the wall, <laughs> but it's so black. Yeah. You can't see. That's uh, that's brilliant for that. It's a good way of using black and white format. Have you seen the colourised version of this? No, I'm, I am one of those people who loves to watch things as it came out at the time. Yeah, it's great. It's good. Yeah. You should watch the colorized uh, version. It's very good. I, I'll watch it. I like. I, I would like to watch films as they came out at the cinema at the time, uh, from like a historical viewpoint. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Right, go on. Let's put ourselves back into s- the seventeenth of February, nineteen fifty-nine, when this came out. We're I'm in there. the cinema. What's it done for you? Tension and suspense. Are we giving it a star? Yeah. You giving it a star? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, I totally know what you mean about taking yourself back. You've got to put yourself back. Yeah. From, I'm from never going to judge a film yeah. from techniques that are used now to techniques that were used then. I'm going to techniques that were used then. Yeah. And the innovations they had at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, if I if I may, the, the best area of tension where it starts to ramp it up a gear when everyone starts to suspect Frederick as the murderer. Yeah. And they're all slowly coming to that conclusion. And like, uh, Dr. Trent goes to the test pilot man's door and is like, I suspect we've come to the same conclusion. Oh, yes, I suspect we have too. Yes, maybe we should discuss it somewhere secretly. Yes, maybe the living room where everybody knows and everywhere goes. Yes, that's really great. <laughs> but that's a uh, great moment where everyone starts coming to the conclusion. It's, it's, well, it's the third act and it's... it's Start the third yeah. act. So, star. Star. Right. Let's go at gore and visual effects. So, we've already mentioned Emergio. I think that's how you say it, Emergio, because the skeleton emerges Emerging. out of the back. Yeah. So, it's Emergio. Yeah. Screams and chains and floating heads and shit. It's good. Yeah. Head in the suitcase. Nora finds oh, that head in the suitcase. Awesome. That's quite good. That's a good, that's then a Lance, good head. Yeah, Lance is carrying it around for a bit. Well done. So, uh, well done, 1959. Yeah. Uh, good head. 1959 did have good head in, <laughs> what was it? The trunk? <laughs> what did you call it? A suitcase? Uh, it was uh, Nora's suitcase, yeah. Yeah. I never had a, a head in a suitcase before, Jimmy. But uh, it was there was a head in the uh, uh, wardrobe closet later on as well. Yeah, Lance grabs that and runs around with it. <laughs> yep. Tool. But that was actually, even going back to judging for the time, it was a really well-made... Yeah, it was good. I don't know what you call it. Prosthetic Prosthet- head? Yeah, prosth- prosthetics. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's good. Yeah. 
I like the um, I like when uh, Annabelle's ghost yep. is up at Nora's window, and then the uh, the rope comes through the window. Yep, sort of snaking around to her legs, and then just gets sucked back off. <laughs> <laughs> yep, good head, good sucking off. This film's. Hitting yeah, all the marks. Hitting all the marks, yeah. I do have one issue with that, though. Okay. If this was all just humans plotting against each other and nothing supernatural was actually happening, and Annabelle wasn't dead, so it wasn't her ghost, Yeah. how did she get out there and float towards the window? Oh, it was a harness, wasn't it? I can I can get on board with that. Yeah. I don't know how but she's moving the, the rope, rope about. wrapping yeah. around the legs. I, the, the way I can wrap my head around it is thinking that... We are seeing what Nora's, what's it called? What's she in? What's she in? She hysteria. Is hysteria. She's, she's hysterical. She's hysterical. Her hysterical, so insane 1959 ladies can't handle stress type mind. Yeah. She's imagining it. Yeah. You know they invented the dildo to uh, as a cure for hysteria. <laughs> I have heard... Something along those lines that women used to go to the doctors to get off, basically, and that would release the hysteria. Yeah, mental, isn't it? It's just dirty old pervert doctors, I think. You know when they legalised cannabis? Yep. And suddenly a lot of people, a lot more people, are reporting the symptoms of whatever it is you're allowed to get cannabis with. Yeah. Do you think at the time... Lots of women suddenly came down with hysteria to go to the doctors to knock one out. <laughs> because if there was a condition... I don't think so, you And know. they're solving it. Oh, I've got these issues. And the only way I can solve it is by going to the surgery and someone's going to fap you off. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I think it's just dirty old pervert doctors. Pervert doctors. Again. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. No, yeah, yours, yours make more sense. But I bet you, if there was something saying you could get fapped off by a, a nurse because you've got hysteria, so many men would have hysteria the next day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she's hysterical. Pass me the dildo. <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> anyway, fucking hell. Ah, what a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Gore and visual uh, effects. Uh, oh, I've got something else to say about this, actually. Yeah, i got a couple more. Oh, go on. <laughs> uh, that I was going to bring up because you won't because you love the film so much. Uh, and it's not really just in the film, to be honest, but still, it's little things I noticed. And as soon as we are reviewing the film, we have to bring up some little points that might not be for its favour as well. So, uh, the chandelier that falls uh, on Nora yeah, uh, start, yeah, by yeah. falling about 20 foot to the left. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't that far away. It was falling nowhere near her. Which at the, the first time looking at it with this critical eye I was like that's that's ridiculous but then I thought you know what if a chandelier is falling next to Jimmy you don't think hang on the chandelier's there Jimmy's there it's not going to fall on him so I'll just stand back but yeah make it a bit more real and the the blood dripping from the ceiling was great yeah, that was the stain good. on the ceiling was obviously a very dry ceiling with no dripping probably just rusty water really probably yeah, not blood but, uh, it's probably yeah. a toilet but it needs plumbing or something yeah <laughs> I don't, know where, sure. don't know where I was going with that. Plumber Jimmy's uh, diagnosis there. Yeah. yeah, sort your pipes out. It uh, It's a small point, but once <laughs> That's I what wanted she to. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Just acknowledging there's a point. Anyway, it's a small criticism, but 
we are reviewing these films, so I want to make them. And I'm done with going visual effects, so over to you. Um, I like it when uh, Annabelle's hanging, and then... She drank a lot the night before, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, probably. Someone's a drinker in there, isn't they? Got be... Everyone's a drinker. That's true. As soon as someone says, do you want a drink? I'll have uh, whiskey on the rocks. Oh, yeah, I'll have a whiskey on the rocks. Yeah, do you want to pause? We'll sort it out. <laughs> And then, yeah, when Nora sees it and then she backs up against the wall and then there's that really big, weird, hairy hand that comes around the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the other caretaker? I don't know. We don't see it. We just see a really big, hairy hand come around. Ah, uh, okay. Doing uh, that. There was a bit where the hand came round the mouth and then said, come with yeah. me before he kills you. Oh, no, not that bit. But anyway. Yeah. What are you saying for gore and visual effects? This is a moment where it gets... Uh, historical leniency yeah from me 1959 1959 that was when it was it was filmed in 1958 you think about what's going on in the world at that point the effects are good for its time mostly for the uh, good head in the closet suitcase yeah oh yeah no it was in a closet as well yeah 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 Uh, I'm giving it a star anyway boom star yeah so that's two out of two excellent now we move on to the performance right the the bit, well, sorry, the bits that I loved, the scenes were just Frederick and Annabelle. Yeah. If there's moments in this film I had to pick out as the, where the best performance was done, it was those two together alone in a room doing what they do, because that was awesome. Yeah, they were great. And a fucking awesome chemistry together. They don't like each other. No, they, they hate oh, each other. They don't, oh, don't like each other But at it's all. like, there's still a chemistry there. I think they find each other sexually attractive. Probably. I'm sure Vince put it about a bit. Man or woman, I'm sure he wasn't bothered. <sighs> I get that vibe. Fair play to him. <laughs> exactly. Take it where you can get it. That's my saying. <laughs> oh. They're good together, those two. Yeah, I think some of the best bits that they done was when they were in the bedroom before the party. Yeah. And uh, Fred's like, I think I mentioned it before, he's like, do you remember the fun we had when you poisoned me? Oh, yes, Something, <laughs> Something you ate, the doctor said. Yes, arsenic on the rocks. <laughs> you'd do it again if you thought you'd get away with it, wouldn't you? <laughs> wouldn't you? <laughs> Don't stop, Jimmy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. My other one is... Well, we should uh, remake this film. Well, it'd be terrible. Uh, I think we should maybe do a podcast audio version of House on the Haunted. It's out of copyright. It's not copyrighted, this film. Let's do it. Yeah, okay. My other bit in the in the bedroom is when he goes, uh, don't let the ghosts and ghouls disturb you, love. Darling, the only ghoul <laughs> in the house is you. That's a cracky line. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah. Doesn't he say at some point, don't, let, uh, don't stay awake thinking of ways to do away with me, darling. It causes wrinkles. Yes. <laughs> Such a legend. Well, I think quite time. rude to his wife, I think. I don't think we could condone that, can we? She tried to in murder modern... him, mate. That's true. <laughs> We're in 1959. Don't complain about... Uh, well, the, uh, no one in this relationship is a good person. Yeah. Frederick says, uh, the biggest mistake I ever made was marrying you. And she says, you didn't marry me, dear. I married you. And it was no mistake. She's after money. Money. She's right though. I quite like her. I think she's. Uh, I think she does a cracking job. Well, I yeah. like her as a character, Annabelle. I think she's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm she's... glad she dies, obviously. She's been a bit of a twat towards the end, but I think uh, yeah. she's, she's a bit money-grabbing. Eccentric yeah, millionaire knows what's going on yeah. after the money, innit? But she's brilliant. She's brilliant. Yeah, I think she's good. Uh, uh, my uh, honourable mention, he was out of running for Master the Macabre because this is a Vincent Price film, but Alicia Cook Jr., brilliant delivery of every single damn line. Yeah, crack uh, him. You could quote every line he said throughout the whole film. Yeah, crack him. Well done, boy. So I give it a star for performance. How about you? Yeah, definitely. His campy, he's creepy. Yeah. It's a review of my sex tape. <laughs> oh, is that what? Oh, you just read out the review of my sorry, sex tape. Sorry, yeah, I've read the wrong, yeah. read the wrong page. <laughs> House on Haunted Hill. Yeah. Right. I shouldn't have given that to you just before we started recording. Uh, okay, hold on. House on Haunted Hill. Right. It's campy and it's creepy. Oh, what are the chances? <laughs> Sweet. Right. We gave that a star, didn't we? Yeah, performance. Yeah, you keep in track of three. Because we're very bad at keeping track of the stars. Yeah, we are, yeah. I'm trying. A three out of three. Three out, what, three out of three. Right. Okay. Musical score. Sound effects. It has an amazing score. It does. Yeah. It has eerie wailing score using classical instruments. It has brilliant use of a piano in a score playing erratic minor chords. Adding a layer of atmosphere yeah. to the already well-written score. So yeah. you score a lot there. If you want a horror soundtrack, you got to play it in minor, aren't you? Yeah, and erratically. Of course. It, it is a classic horror movie score. Almost could be a cliche. If you got this on a CD and someone said, what do you think this is? You would say, classic horror movie score. Yeah. But it's brilliant. Yes. It's written brilliantly, so that's not a mark against it. Does it have a theremin? A theremin? Theremin. Uh, theremin, theremin. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's interesting that you say about the what you just said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is it word for word? <laughs> yeah. So that that the opening, I think it was called a scare trick. Yes. Uh, that it was with the screaming and all that stuff in a dark movie theater. Uh, it was so effective that it started the novelty of the haunting records so those those records you get at halloween that come out and it's just the sound yeah do you know what i mean the <laughs> those yeah. things this was a, this was what inspired all of these halloween novelty sound effect records to come out nice it was the start of this film i might buy one of them i might buy an early one to use at Halloween outside my house. Yeah. Well, there you go. It was, it, it was uh, brand new, though, wasn't it? Playing those sound effects through the speakers before the film even started. Yes, a black in screen. a pitch, pitch black cinema. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd shit myself right now if we were in a cinema and that happened. If you're not expecting it. Oh, yeah, of course. People no. weren't expecting it. It never happened before. Yeah. It sounded like a theremin to me that was doing it. it yeah, probably. It was. worked really well. Whatever instrument it was that had that whole Star Trek type of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously not a Star Trek theme. So, the other cool bit when Nora walks in and sees the organ playing itself. <laughs> <laughs> and then a scream. 
I like that. That's also used in one of uh, one of Headstone Horror's favourite bands, Calabrese. They use that at their intro for their song, Midnight Spook Show. <laughs> what are we giving it on a sound effect? <laughs> a star. I'm giving it a star. Yep. Beautiful. Right. Let's get away from uh, organs playing themselves. <laughs> yep. On to overall experience. You want me to go? You go. Go on, you go. I'm not taking one away, not giving it one. Uh, okay. I'm leaving it as it is. Leaving it as four. Four out of five. Is it four out of five or four out of four? I still haven't got this. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't think I have either. <laughs> right. So, we've given it a star for tension suspense, a, tar for, a star for visual effects. Boom. A star for performance. Yeah, yeah. A star for musical sound effects things. That's four out of four. Four out of four. Overall experience, you can give it one to make it five out of five. Yeah. I could give it one, making it six out of five. You can leave it as it is, leaving it four out of four. So four out of five. I can leave it as it is, leaving it four out of five. Basically, you can award, or you can take a point away if... It technically hits these, but you hated the bloody film. Christ, do you know what? I'm just going to go in and give it give it a star for overall experience. Boom. And I'm not adding a star, so it's five out of five. Five out of five. It's pretty simple once you've been through it a few times. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. So, right, it's my own system, so I'm sticking by it no matter yes. what. Boom. Five out of five. Yeah. Not the best score we can give ever, but... Is there? I don't know. It's the six out of five club is going to be a really exclusive club. Yes. Let us know what you thought of that film. If it was worth five out of five. Yeah. Let us know what you thought about what we gave it because uh, we want to know, and we desperately need emails. <laughs> <laughs> we don't really. We can make shit up. Yep. Right. Next on the agenda for today is listen to mail. So welcome to Listener Mail, where this week we're not reading out a Listener Mail we have received. We are answering one from last week that we really f***ed up. So we're putting that right this week, instead of reading out a new one, alright? Yeah? Yeah, I'm down and out. A couple of beers down last week. Maybe got a bit too much. I think the issue was I got the email an hour before it went on there. That's true, and you sprung it on me very quickly. It was sprung on me as well, and then you made me read them out, boy. So let's just... Shove that little tiff under the rug and move on with our lives, shall we? That's what she said. <laughs> so the email was, uh, just to jog your memory, uh, Dearest Joey and Jimmy, what in your opinion classes a film as a horror film? Is it just in if the film dubs itself as a horror film? Or are there particular criteria that you deem essential for it to be classed as a horror film that you would partake in? For example, nudity. Best wishes, Sir Barnaby McChuffingsworth, the mayor of Little Pissington on the World, a.k.a. Andy P, because his signature at the bottom of the email is default Andy P. No. I think the best horror is true to life. Reality TV? That is a horror (laughs) in its own own way, yes. Uh, Okay, that's your whole answer, is it? That is my full answer. Yes, I stand by that. 
Well, I came up with a whole answer, wrote it nicely, asked Sammy, my wife, to check over it. She is a writer. And I was pretty happy with it, and then I was searching online, and I found one way better. So I wasted my time, because this is way more... Well, it's not succinct, but it has... It definitely hits the nail on the head. Uh, This is so nicked from filmsite.org. I just gave credit, so I think it's okay stealing it. Yep. Uh, Horror films are unsettling films designed to frighten and panic, cause dread and alarm, and to invoke our hidden worst fears, often in a terrifying, shocking finale. Yeah, it's basically what I said. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what, (laughs) at the end of the day, pretty good. Uh, Yep. Yeah, there is no uh, uh, single explanation for a horror film, Mr. Chuffing Fadge Face. Nah. It, it's... it's a cornucopia. Yes, brilliant word to describe what it is I'm trying to say. I think of films like Alien could be classed as a horror film, but lots of people would just say it was sci-fi. It, it's interpretive. I would do Alien as an episode one day, no problem, if it came in as a request or anything. So, I mean, if someone came and just said Ferris Bueller's Day Out, I'd be like, no, fuck off, what you want about? But Fucking great film, though. Yeah, it is, but it does not fit within our genre in any way. It does not. But do you know what? Actually, I just had a thought. Uh-oh. It's kind of horror. It's kind of like a buffet, an all-you-can-eat buffet. Yeah. You've all got different little bits. So there's a little bit of meat down there. There's a little bit of chilli. Yeah. There's a little bit of salad there. Yeah. There's something else. It's like a little bit of cheese, sausage rolls down there. Do you know what I mean? It's all on one big table. Yeah, I've been And to it's classed as a buffet. Yeah. Horror. Yeah. And then you've got your sci-fi. You've got your thrillers. You've got your mysteries. You've got your gore. You've got your f***ing blaxploitation. You've got your sexploitation. You've got your f***ing all this. Got a bit Jamie Oliver there <laughs> as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And it's a lot, big long table of food. Yeah, horror. Yeah, films. It's all there. And let's just get at it and have a little. Yeah. So if it. you can fancy a bit of horror that's not rare, it hasn't got the blood oozing out of it, you can go and pick it up. Crisps. At Take one it. End. Yeah. <laughs> just the crisps, the breadsticks. Yeah. There you go. It's a buffet. Horror is, is a, a buffet. buffet. Bang on, that is our official slogan. Horror is a buffet. Boom. You know what, I'm just going to leave a few seconds of silence to let that just sink in. You got it? Good, because I'm about to plug our email address. It's the madhousepodcast at outlook.com. And if you want to send us your buffet of emails, I'm going to pick my favourite and swallow them. Did that come across wrong, Jimmy? <laughs> No, if you want to send over your cocktail sausage film, let's do it. I'll eat your breadsticks if you send them my way. Yeah, a bit of cheese and pineapple on a stick. Go on. That's what I'm classing as slasher. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm going to... Uh, right, I'll drink to that. Land on the uh, next film choice, which is mine, but it's not really mine. Because this came in as a request. So this is a bit of a special one, isn't it? It is. I am going to read out the IMDb description, but you already know what it is because I told you it's a request. So this doesn't count on our uh, tally score. Yeah, scoreboard. So you know what it is, but I'm going to read out the IMDb and then say what it is to everyone. Because this came in from Gaz Simmons, comment on YouTube. 
video that we have. We put our stuff up on YouTube. I'm actually an episode behind at the moment, but I'll sort that out, guys. Don't worry. So here's the description. Cheers, boy. After the family matriarch passes away, a grieving family is haunted by tragic and disturbing disturbing occurrences and begins to unravel dark secrets. That film is called... Hereditary. Hereditary. Sure Another is. ghosty one, is it? Not seen it. I have it heard blinding reviews since it came out in 2018. It's, it's a contemporary film. I haven't had time to watch it. It's a long film. That's why I haven't had time to watch it, Jimmy. Fuck, how long is it? Over two hours. Over two hours? Uh, let me check. Ask- 127 minutes. Okay, so that's going to be minutes. a shot to the system because this one was one hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Cheers, Cheers Gaz. Gaz. Twat. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love you. I don't mean it. <laughs> he means it. <laughs> uh, right, hereditary. I... Who's in that then? Pardon? Who's in that? Let me have a look. It is. Oh, it's Tony Collette. Yes, Alex Wolf. Gabriel Byrne as well, I think. Yep. Uh, Millie Shapiro. Oh, it's got a good, uh, it's got a good cast. Then it has actually, yeah. I'm literally flicking through IMDb right now. Don't give away our secrets. Uh, well, we don't usually flick through it live while we're that's recording. But... Anyway, that's gonna be a good one. Yeah, I have heard uh, so many good things about Hereditary that it's it's been on my list to watch for a while. Finally, an excuse to make myself sit and watch it. So <laughs> there we go. Film. We're done, dude. Yes. That's another episode in the bag. In the bag. Thank you for listening to the Madhouse podcast once more. Please share and subscribe online so we can get as many viewers as possible. We can feel better about ourselves inside. Check us out on Facebook at the Madhouse podcast. Check us out on Instagram at the Madhouse podcast. Email us at the Madhouse podcast at outlook.com. Let us know what you think about our buffet of movies we've got out for you so far. And we will see you next time on the Madhouse Podcast. Yeah! Bye! Uh, pass me the dildo. <laughs>